Welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast. The only podcast you should ever care about. The only content you should ever consume. What are you doing with your life? My name is Michael and this is Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so just so you guys, just so everybody knows why I'm laughing at least. I'm never going to be able to listen to that again and not laugh. Is that uh, we were talking off air that we should just imagine somebody opening up your church in prayer. I mean, obviously not the regulatory principle that Rob talked about last time, but somebody opening up with prayer with just, dear Jesus. I mean, that would automatically, <laughs> it would just, it would just bring, I mean, you want to talk about a revival, right? Everybody's like, I don't know what happened, but I tell oh, you, we just, yeah. just heard the epic sounds and, you know, Pastor Jim was up there and he was speaking. He never spoke in tongues before, but he was speaking in tongues. And it was just a service, I tell you. I don't think we're coming back, but it was a service. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, they gave me underwear. I don't know what that was. I don't, yeah, I don't. <laughs> it was the weirdest church I've ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, and, and and tidy whities. I don't know. Yeah. To, if you want that, if you want to understand that joke, you're going to have to go back to last episode. <laughs> so anyway. Yes. Welcome to the Babbling Pastor Podcast. Once again, looking at the TikToks, not TikToks that you would expect as we have before in regards to some nonsensical person saying some nonsensical thing and then us refuting it, but rather just conversation starters. Um, <laughs> and if you're wondering what in the world TikTok did they watch last time in which tidy widenings were mentioned, well, you're going to have to, I mean, you'll have to go listen to it. That's just all I have to say. So today we're going to, we're going to go do another one. This was, this one's actually rather short compared to the other ones. Uh, I, to, to be transparent, I have no clue who this person is. I have no idea at all. All I know is that that guy that has the UFC mic is gripping it with his every, every bit of (laughs) muscle he has in his body. But uh, I didn't notice that till now. Like just, I mean, I don't even think I can, he's got a lot of bones that it's showing in his hand there. So anyway, so this happened, I guess at some sort of UFC fight, it looks like it's a smaller building. So I don't know if this was like a huge UFC thing, but it is part apparently of the UFC. Um, and I found this rather interesting. It's a little break in what the other ones that we've previously looked at, uh, talk about. It's obviously also really short, but let's watch it and then we'll talk about it. I'm so glad I don't have to wonder what my purpose is anymore. I don't have to wonder what my identity is anymore. And I tell you, man, if you're wondering about what your purpose is and who what your identity is, man, you, you gotta know, you gotta come to know Jesus Christ. He's the only thing that ever gives me purpose. And I tell you guys, I don't care if I win three belts in three different weight classes. This is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life was this. Okay, so that right there, I, I was just, again, just to pick these, just so everybody knows the picking process, I was just scrolling through TikTok, seeing what was coming up, seeing what would be interesting to talk about, and I thought, man, that right there is just some good, wholesome content <laughs> I mean, in regards to the fact that you don't see that a lot, but when you talk about um, people's testimonies and just the Lord getting a hold of somebody and somebody understanding like this is what my life's about like that is a really nice 33 second summation of like this is what Jesus does in somebody's life 
Um, there's a whole bunch of other videos that, you know, obviously are online that you could, that I could pull from for that as well. But that right there, I watched it and I was like, man, that's just like, uh, so I think the connection probably that was in my brain when I watched that is I just preached on John nine this last Sunday and the whole, the, the blind man is like, I don't know who he is, but I know this, I was blind and now I see that's all I know. And so it's very mm -hmm. much like that same, to that same sort of tone in, in this video is like, man, I didn't have purpose before. I didn't know what to do with my life before and surrendering my, surrendering my life to Jesus. Like I, that's, that's what it is now. And it's just like a really simple, it's not super deep and theological. It's just, Hey guys, you know, purpose is something I struggle with. I know who Jesus is now and I don't struggle with that anymore. And the fact of just like this, this getting on your knees, hands up, surrendering thing during an interview, I think is just incredibly even if even if somebody thinks it's goofy, because I think Dana Cook is his name that like runs the UFC. He's been super open about Dana how White. White. Okay, thank you. Dana Cook, that must be a comedian. Or there's somebody with the last name Cook that's a comedian. But so Dana White has been pretty open about, you know, as far as I've seen online, like his like he's just not a big fan of Christians. But the idea that I mean there's quite a few UFC fighters that I've seen recently at least online. I don't know their names or anything about them, but that do similar things to this that have had a really impactful, um, you know, uh, Jesus has just got a hold of them and it's changing their lives. And then it goes from, I mean, so you got a guy here and statistically you have men that have no purpose that are aimless. So they pursue a lot of other things. And you have a guy that people are watching for entertainment that says, Hey, I know you're probably struggling with purpose. I did too. And here's Jesus. And I just found that incredibly impactful in regards to just a simple, easy witness. That's not oh, there's not a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the video is interesting. Um, one, because it's a question in a lot of people's mind. Uh, even if it, for things like, um, MMA or fighting professional fighting, that kind of thing, is that, uh, a, a good and godly thing in the first place? People have these questions, right? But, but I think that something that can be learned here is um, just put that out of your mind for a second. And like you were saying, look at this particular situation, this particular guy. I don't know his story. I don't know who he is either. When I was in the Marine Corps, I used to watch the UFC all the time. It was a major cultural thing. Um, and I used to know who all of them are. Now I have no clue who these guys are. But... Um, but he, it seemed like he might be the kind of guy who wins belts and that kind of thing. He mentioned that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, but whoever he is, it's, he's, I think this is, this is the takeaway. Uh, honestly, I don't think that no matter how conservative you might be when it comes to, uh, fighting, um, professional fighting. Um, I think that you, you can look at that guy, see, the um and see somebody who was willing to do um on national pay-per-view probably um uh who was willing to do what so many christians are not willing to do at work tomorrow um and and that is uh like he didn't just say yeah, thanks. It was a good fight, and uh, you know, uh, thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and uh, you know, uh, go God, <laughs> right? And look, I'm not going to knock people who say that necessarily. I know I was kind of teasing just then, but 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 
this guy went further than that. Like he put himself out on a limb and did something that frankly is embarrassing, right? If you're like, you have to be in a, in a Christian Christ pleasing mindset to do that and not be like, so like, you know, Jesus, best thing I've ever done. And you know, like he, but he was, he was legitimately like excited and emotional about, about what Christ apparently is, is doing in his life. Now, I mean, I, again, I don't know anything about the guy, but in, in that particular video, it, it seems to me like something that we could take lessons from because um, he is <clears throat> absolutely not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. What, and one of the things, again, that I think is impactful, and, and going back to what was it, the video, the, the, last, the last one we looked at, where you have really this... Um, this been in church for a long time versus new convert, sort of like the way we look at things. I've told this story before. I don't know if I told it on the podcast, but we uh, support like a halfway houses, the halfway houses around us uh, with a few other churches. And basically what happens is when these people go into jail, typically for drugs, um, they obviously get sobered up in, 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 in lockup and they get out. And there's programs that, um, that, you that they can go into that will assist like a living situation so they don't go right back into the situation they got them in jail in the first place because what they'll tell you in the prison ministry that i've been able to participate and help in is that they'll flat out tell you they know that if they get out and then they know who's going to be waiting for them and then if that person's waiting for them and they go to this house they're going to get right back in the same path and they know that and they're conscious of that so a lot of them will take these halfway house situation deals to where they'll go live with a whole bunch of other people that are in very similar situations that have been through very similar addictions. But that house is there as a community of people to support one another, um, to prevent, you know, this relapse. And many of these people have uh, found, you know, Jesus got a hold of them in prison. They hit rock bottom. They heard the gospel and they've, most of them, because of the area that I'm in, have heard the gospel before and have ran from it. But this is sort of a wake up experience yeah. for them. And uh, long story short, so we support these halfway houses as far as with food and furniture and clothes and help if, as much as we can. And so they came by one night as like a, uh, they had a service basically where one of the, uh, one of them. Uh, was telling her testimony and it was sort of a Sunday night thing to where she, it, there wasn't a normal service. It was that we came and she basically told her testimony and there was worship music and stuff, obviously. And uh, it was an interesting mix of people from the houseway house. So there was probably about, you know, I'd say 50 to 70 of them. And then the church, which there was about 50 to 70 of them. And the thing that will forever be seared in my mind is that the 50 people from the halfway house, mix of men and women, because there's two different houses, um, were all in the front like 12 pews. And everybody else from church normally was in the last back half. <laughs> and then during service, during worship music, uh, during, during the hymns and the worship, uh, it was very interesting to see the different reaction uh, it, during, during that part of, of worship. And so you had people that like, like this gentleman that know very, very in the front of their mind, what they've been saved from and their response to Christ in those moments is incredibly different than the response of those that have been in the church forever. Now, again, your, your expression of worship is not, a, you know, I don't think you should be judged by that, but it is very interesting to see how people respond 
to hearing and remembering what Jesus has saved you from. I think that that is sort of telling. And sometimes I think we get in a spot to where we're just, you know, old and crusty and we're like, yeah, we know. Yeah, Jesus saved me from my arrogance or my pride or my drug addiction. And we're just like, yeah, we remember it. We're very thankful. Versus people that it's in the front of their mind that they know where they were before. Like they like this gentleman in this TikTok, like he seems to very much know that like he had no purpose before Christ. And he tried to fill that with everything. And the reality that he now knows who Jesus is and the re- the real purpose that gives him, he, you, it, you, you, it's almost palpable in the video that you can tell, like he knows all that stuff was worthless before that he put all this value in. And he compared to Christ, like this was nothing. And like, he knows that if you put Jesus up to next to that stuff, forget it. It's always Jesus. And I think mm-hmm. that whole lesson that you said we could learn from him is that same lesson, like that will ever be seared in my mind. Like if I ever forget what Christ has saved me from, all I have to remember is that night with the people that have been church forever versus the people that were, it was incredibly fresh in their mind, what Jesus has saved them from and say, man, like, I love these people that have been church forever that have super deep theology. But I think oftentimes like we totally forget how amazing that grace really is. And we just get really comfortable in it. And we forget what the people in the front of the church knew in that moment that, you know, four months ago, they were, you know, in jail because of some terrible decisions they had made versus the people in the back that 12 years ago, God saved them for something. And they've just really, they've lived in grace for so long and their lives have been changed for so long that you forget about how drastic of a difference Jesus made in your life. And I think that's the video is that that man, it's very much in the front of his mind that Christ gives me the real purpose versus all the fake purpose I pursued before. And if we can just remember that, I think that's where it becomes like what you said, like some Christians won't do that at work. But I think some of the the reason is that we get so comfortable in it that we're just like, yeah, Jesus saved me. (laughs) It just becomes unamazing to people because they're like, great. Okay. So how's that different than anything else? And we've, we've been, I think one last thing and then I'll shut up for a minute, but um, I know at college, uh, when I went to Indiana Wesleyan, um, there were a lot of students like me that had grown up in Christian homes and we had lived under the grace of God for so long because our parent we don't, we didn't know who our parents were before they got saved. Like we'd always known them as these people that went to church and, you know, were, you know, loved people and respected people and be versus, uh, my wife that had for the first probably six or seven years of her life, her dad wasn't saved. And, you know, he smoked and he cussed and he drank all the time. And like, there's a difference that, you know, like when you grow up with that and you see that change in somebody's life versus me that I didn't, I mean, I had great parents all the time versus, you know, hearing stories about who they were before Jesus. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing in that TikTok is that guy is just like, oh yeah, (laughs) I know who Jesus is. Let me tell you about, you know, all the things I did before. And I think if we remember that, um, a lot of that passion comes back because we know what we've been saved from again. Yeah. If you, if you don't, and again, I, I recently preached a sermon about this and I briefly mentioned it before, but if you, uh, in another other episode, but if you, if, <laughs> if you just simply, um, keep, keep in mind as best you can, right. And this is part of why it's good to live, uh, again, to, jump back to other episodes, right? This is part of the the benefit of living 
in the church, right? A a amongst church people, um, Bible studies, all the things. Part of the part of the the good in that, the practical use, the selfish good in that is that you're you're constantly and consistently, if it's a solid church, you're you're going to continuously be confronted with sin that you're still dealing with right and so it will be there will be a lot less of a uh, a temptation or a, a lot less of a chance that you're gonna continuously have that part of you in the back of your mind right in the background um but but the the scriptures um when when in the new testament when they when they talk about the the scriptures being the a mirror right first john when he talks about the the man who looks in the mirror and then goes away and immediately forgets about what he looks like. Right. Um, that, that idea, uh, is that's the problem. <laughs> right. And so one of the things that I said in that sermon was that we have to be a people who carry that mirror with us. Right. And, and who have that all the time and who see the sees clearly the things that, and the mirror he's talking about uh, is the word of God, right. That, that he looks into the mirror of the, the law, the mirror of the scriptures, and when you do that, when you're in the word a lot and when you're around God's people a lot and you're listening to teaching a lot and those kinds of things, you are inevitably going to continuously be confronted with your sin. Um, and and so you stand a much better chance of being this guy um, most of the time. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe you're able to hold the emotions together, uh, but but there's going to be a there's going to be a, a constant thankfulness and a constant overwhelming joy because you know who you are without Christ and and now you know who you are in Christ and when you have both of those things clearly in view all the time I mean it, you can't ask for a better life than that yeah well and I think knowing that and remembering that really sets forth like what so I, I I'm sure you've you've probably preached about it before we may have even talked about it before but this idea of of where we have like in titus where paul talks to about you know doing good works so this idea that when you know what you've been saved from and saved to there is this outworking in your life of then you do you you act and do things in a different way like so like what you said like that man could have been you know done the and again no shade on it like you also said but he could have easily been like you know praise be to jesus and pointed up but rather like this, this almost above and beyond of getting on the knees and be like, this is what I did. And this is what changed my life. And, um, when, again, not that you're going to do that. Like if you work at McDonald's in the drive-thru or whatever, I'm not saying that you're necessarily <laughs> going to do that, but the idea being that there are, there are things that you do that are distinctively different than the other mm -hmm. people around you. So maybe it's the way that you talk. Uh, maybe it's the way that you treat people. Maybe it's the honest way that you go about your business. Um, there's going to be something that's distinctively different that um, is an outward working of this, this hopefully audible proclamation of who Jesus is. So it's great if I tell people at work that, you know, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus and this is da 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 da. But if I'm not honest in my dealings with how I go about my business, what good is it that I'm even saying that I love? I mean, it's just, it's just not doing a whole lot of good because what do you do for you then? Just nothing. Like you just say you love Jesus. Like you did. I mean, mm -hmm. what's the big difference? And I mean, I, that draws attention whenever there is that outward work. There's a guy that I know used to go to our church. He owns a business 
uh, a hardware store. It's a hardware and feed store. But the uh, the point being is that people will go to Mike because Mike is incredibly honest and upfront with people about his dealings. He's not going to, I mean, people know that Mike's not going to cheat you out. Mike's not going to try to jack up the price on you. Like he's going to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And the reason is because uh, he's very blunt about the fact that, you know, he's been called to, uh, he's a Christian and Christians are supposed to operate in an honest manner. So even people that don't believe in Jesus, people that, you know, hate the church will go to Mike (laughs) because Mike is going to give you a good price and Mike is going to do an honest dealing with you. And his business in honestly a part of our area that's just not financially real great, that doesn't have a whole lot of people that have a whole lot of money. Uh, and really a business that wasn't doing great when he bought it um, is is thriving and growing because of Mike just living out his Christian principles and doing the things that he's been called to do as a believer. And uh, that, I think, is just a testament to the fact that um, even people that don't, don't know, don't care for, don't love Jesus... Um, will respect and be like, man, there's something there that's different about you. Um, and, and that, I, again, that's just one example that I have, but I think that it's incredibly, um, incredibly important. And I think that's something that gets shown in this video as well, is that he's not just saying, Hey, Jesus is my King. It's a, Hey, this has completely changed my life. This is what it looks like. And if you're looking for it, I can tell you exactly where to find it. So. Yeah, I think you're you're pointing to the the story of the the guy who just says, "Look, man, I like I'm I don't I don't know all the theology, right? I don't know exactly what happened or how he did it. All I know is that I can see now. That, that's that's all I've it's got. It's an awesome that's story, all yeah. I know, right? Yeah, and and I I really like that. If so, we're we're uh, most likely uh, going to be doing Ephesians uh, in church once we're, we're finished with Matthew. Um, and what I really love about this book and this letter that Paul writes is that he's he's intentionally uh, teaching the church how they what the Christian life is supposed to look like. Um, but but to get there, which is the last three chapters of the six chapter book, to get there, it's it's three entire chapters of this is what he's done for you. This is who he's made us. This is what our God has done. This is, and so he reminds them for literally half the letter who they are in Christ and how big of a deal that is and that you're saved by grace and, you know, and uh, not, not because you earned it or deserved it or any of those things. So there's, there's a need really of being constantly reminded of uh, who we were without him uh, who we are without him, uh, and, and what we've been saved from those kinds of things. There's a need in the Christian life. If we're going to be that guy, right. Uh, who, who's just overwhelmed with who God is and what he's done. Um, then, then it starts by, uh, recognizing a, a consistent recognition of, of what he's done, uh, of, you know, who you were before, um, and, and I think it's really only then that, that a person can, can truly live and benefit from and enjoy and like have true joy in who he has made you now. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a great point. I think just as the end there, I think that's a great point as far as to know how you're supposed to do things. You first have to know 
who you are and what he's done for you in order to live that out rightly and not become incredibly boastful in it. So, yeah, good points. All right, guys, if you like it, as always, like, share, comment, all the cool things. And hold on. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.